Trash Film! Welcome back! This is the podcast where we link trashy movies and arty film. And we're here to say they're not too different. And to prove it, like always, we will take this week's trashy movie and pair it with something relatively arty. And uh, I remain one of your hosts, Nick. And with me, as always, is my partner and co-host, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Nick. How you doing? I'm good. You're good. I'm Still, I'm remaining me. <laughs> that's all we can ever hope for. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. To remain. <laughs> We're, I feel like that's an okay segue. That's actually, yes. Stay with us. You'll see why. Yes. Remain with us. Yes. Remain here, present in this plane. Because today we're talking about indie B-movie, let's call it, mm. uh, from 1962, Carnival of Souls. Good luck, Mary. Stop by and see us the next time you're in. Thank you, but I'm never coming back. Who's the man in the hall? I don't know about that girl. Day before yesterday, she was the only one of three girls to survive an accident. You'd think she'd feel a little something. Maybe in her place, I'd do the same thing. I still say she's behaving strangely. I can't fight anymore. I, I don't know what's real anymore. He's been following me. That's all there is to it. It's been less than a week since you were in a car that crashed into the river. How you got out of that, no one seems to know. You think I imagined all of it, don't you? You think I'm insane? I hope you like organ music because... <laughs> That's all we got this week. Prepare for it. You will buy organ rocking music. <laughs> it does feel like it's somehow just an ad. You know the way Jurassic Park, mm. the the reboot of Jurassic Park was just an ad for Chevys or whatever. This, this is, an is, ad is for just organs. yes. <laughs> Somewhere an organist got some good money out of this. this uh, yeah. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with Carnival of Souls, this is a real like seminal kind of independent horror. It's called a horror movie. It's not like. Uh, <laughs> it's it's my exact speed of horror movie which is like what if a thing oh interesting it's like an extended yeah. twilight zone episode it really is yeah. yeah what if a thing was creepier than normal is yeah. pretty much the the gist yeah it's like the the main inspiration for night of the living dead and george romero making movies and all this so this is so oh like, shit yeah I'm this already is learning it, well i call it edutainment <laughs> <laughs> selling it. Really selling oh, yeah. this cool I, horror movie. You can hear how tight my sweater vest is when I say it. <laughs> the buttons are just popping off. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is a great one to check out. This, is, For me, this hits some good boxes of it's like, it is one of those you watch and you're like, oh, that's where all of these movies got stuff from. Mm, and also yeah. it works great on its own. Yeah, it's a good time. It's weirdly a good time. You don't think it's going to be, but it is. Yeah. 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 So this is uh, directed by my favorite named man, Herc Harvey. Herc, Herc good old Herc. is, of course, short for Harold. Oh, of course. That was going to be my first guess. <laughs> then he would have been right, because he's... <laughs> but it's Herc with a K, so it's not even him being like, I'm Hercules. Yeah, that's that's what I'm like. That's got to be just a name on its own, is it's just spelled and looks so weird. Yeah, no, okay. it's short for Harold. He's Harold, quote, Herc, Herc. end quote, Harvey. I feel professionally like, known as Herc. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, please. That's my director name. Well, it works. We're talking about it. Yeah. Written by one John Clifford, uh, starring the only actual professional actress of any type involved is oh. Candace Hillegas as Mary Henry. We've got Frances Feist as Mrs. Thomas, the landlady. Sidney Berger as the absolutely disgusting John Linden. Uh, <laughs> Stan Levitt is Dr. Samuels, who is not a psychiatrist. Right. And Herc Harvey himself as the man. Oh, that's yeah, Herc Harvey. That's Herc oh, Harvey. Shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure All you knew right. that or not. I'm glad that I got to be the one to tell you. That's wonderful. He is unlisted on most credits. He doesn't like... That's why He I left himself off of the credits completely because he just oh. didn't, wanted it to be like... This is me. Yeah, he didn't want to be that guy. Just the guy. <laughs> so yeah, here we go into the spoiler zone. Give you a quick rundown of what Carnival of Souls is all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, complete with carnival music. Uh, Hopefully. <laughs> there, there is some, some light, airy, toot-toot that organ is true. in there. <laughs> yeah, it, it has to transition through that yeah. genre at some point. Anyway, in Kansas, Mary Henry is riding in a car with two other young women when uh, two men challenge them to a drag race, as you do in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Just fuck all else to do in Kansas. <laughs> As you can tell from the opening, looking around, there is nothing anywhere. Uh, Kansas is a void. <laughs> apologies to any listeners we have in Kansas, but you probably you know. agree. Uh, during the race, the women's car plunges off of a bridge and into a river. Three hours after the police start dredging the water to look for them, Mary just miraculously walks onto land. And she cannot remember how she survived, what has passed in the past three hours, and uh, she's just kind of carted off by the, uh, the paramedics. Mary wants to put this trauma behind her, so she moves to Salt Lake City, where she has been hired as a church organist, which she is repeats over and over. She doesn't give a shit about religion at all. She It's just a job. Yeah. And my parents were both organists, and even if they weren't religious, that's literally the only thing you get paid to do as an organist, so yeah. all the power to her. <laughs> yeah. Get that money, girl. <laughs> yep. While driving through the desert, Mario's radio starts playing nothing but very strange organ music. <laughs> Which is arguably the only kind of organ music, but... Yeah. <laughs> majestic or fucking weird. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, it's the 60s, Mormonism is afoot. I don't know if it would be that weird. I, I've driven through a lot of mm. Ontario rural areas where the equivalent comes on, and you're like, yeah, this is just what it's like here. Yeah, this sounds right. So, not sure if it's otherworldly or just, oh, it's just Utah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but while fiddling with the knobs, she sees... Uh, large eerie abandoned pavilion on the shores of the great salt lake and has a brief vision of a ghoulish pasty-faced figure we only hear referred to later as the man Mm -hmm. or that man so she freaks out because it's it's a very interestingly composed shot i like it a lot yeah it's cool it's late it's dark out so the car windows from the inside reflect her face quite well yeah and she looks over and sees herself kind of looks back and then she doesn't look back but we get the shot of her and then where her reflection was is now the man yeah and adding to the weirdness of it is they couldn't afford a green screen so i don't know the process that it was used but it's basically like they had like a landscape rolling next to the the car so that it looked like the car was in motion and the man is perfectly still it's this really weird I have uh, honestly never thought about how they composed that shot but okay yeah that makes sense Uh, just as a quick aside I I, back in the 60s uh, the CIA and FBI doing weird LSD trials I know you know all about the LSD trials. I do, but I wasn't expecting it to come up today. There's um, this weird side effect of some people that were in those trials that say that they can't ride on public transport especially anymore. They're okay driving because the sensation of 
being entirely still, looking in one direction while traveling in another, oh. seeing the landscape move by, but the reflection of themselves stay the same is the most terrifying thing in the world. What the fuck? So, like, this okay. is based on a... Th- that shot is based on that feeling. There's a lot under the surface yeah. of this movie, apparently. Oh, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> Check that box real early. CIA <laughs> yeah. LSD experiments. <laughs> That's fucking wild. I didn't know that. Okay. All yeah. right. So... Continue. Uh, Mary does get to town, though. She meets Mrs. Thomas that she's renting a room from, unpacks her suitcases, and goes to church while she will be playing the organ and meets her boss, the minister, who's very stuffy, very ministerial, uh, and plays the organ for the first time. Oh, that's not true. I skipped ahead. She plays the organ in the organ-making factory early on. Yes, back in Kansas. Like, it it so happens that the the organist, or the organ... Builder, I guess, who yeah. who she studied under, I think. Yeah, is like, in rec- Kansas. Yeah, yeah. And, and recommended her to this church in somewhere in Utah. Yeah. yeah. So she's trying out the organ at the church. So mm-hmm. we're seeing her get down with that church organ. <laughs> <laughs> that funky, funky church organ. And the minister's super into it, and they become nice and chummy right away. Uh, at the minister's offer, Mary takes a ride out to the creepy pavilion that she saw. Mm-hmm. She is stopped by the minister who warns her that entering would be illegal and can't have ministers yeah. signing off on illegal activities. They, they go up right to like where there's a barricade and it basically yeah. says like closed because it's dilapidated or whatever. <laughs> and he's like, well, there it is. You were curious. So let's, let's drive go. back now. And she's like, can we? He's like, but that would be wrong. <laughs> Immoral. <laughs> yeah. I think he literally says like, you can't have a priest breaking the rules, yeah. can you? Yeah. Meanwhile, anybody who's ever met a priest... Uh, and she's literally just like, okay, I'll come back later without you. And he's like, okay. Okay, have fun breaking law with him here. Cool. cool. <laughs> yeah. So she returns to her lodgings and she meets uh, resident creep John Linden. <laughs> he is the slimiest oh person God. you might ever have seen on film. And I feel like it's... You rarely do you see it so unapologetic and so obvious how gross he's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even, like, if someone didn't realize that he was being, that he's portrayed as a gross person, I would die of <laughs> surprise. Yeah. There's like, no way you don't know. Even a gross person watching this yeah. movie is going to be like, that guy sucks. Oh, God damn, dude. <laughs> Tone it down. Yeah, he wants to become better acquainted, wink, wink, wink. <laughs> Uh, but Mary's not interested and shuts him down really hard. She's really funny about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, great. Anyway, do you think you can find the door? Like, just not having any of his bullshit. Some of my favorite dialogue in this movie is her just, like, aggressively steamrolling him. Yeah. It's great. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, but that night she sees the, the man that she saw in the reflection appear in the hallways, uh, retreats to her room, and begins to experience terrifying interludes the next day where she becomes invisible and inaudible to the rest of the world Mm -hmm. as if she just was not there yeah there's just like a faint shimmer in the air and then Mm -hmm. suddenly she can't really hear anything no one she'll go up to someone they won't respond to her people will brush by her like she's not there she doesn't like this she's freaking out running around screaming and waving her arms trying to get people to notice her yeah she is just running around the city, basically, trying to yeah. get somebody's attention. Uh, when she stops in at a park, touches a tree, and starts to hear the birds again, and, yeah. you know, starts to come back to her senses. And then she sees the man very briefly. We don't get to see the man. Yeah. It's just another fucking weirdo. Yeah. It's just someone with, like, kind of the same hair color and general yeah. build. And kind of off energy. Yeah. He's just <laughs> staring at her weirdly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, here's enters Dr. Samuels, who 
is very much not a psychiatrist. He keeps saying he's not a psychiatrist, yeah. but he wants to help her with her hysteria problem. Yeah. Which... It's a real, like, she she freaks out. She looks up in this park and she sees this guy that she mistakes for the man. Yeah. And she's like, oh my God. And she starts to run away. And Dr. Samuels just happens to be right there. And he grabs her. He's like, stop freaking out! <laughs> and like shaking her. And... <laughs> Like, oh, thanks. You're really helping. So they go back to Dr. Samuel's office and they talk for a bit about how Mary is just like, yeah, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't like the company of people. And he makes her feel bad about that. And she's just like, no, I'm going to the pavilion. Up yours. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I trust my instincts. Something is fucking off about this building. So we get our first walk around the pavilion itself. uh, And it's just like... Worn down, creepy amusement park. It's great. I yeah. fucking love this sequence. It's a hell of a building. Like the yeah. the backstory for it in the movie, at least, is that it used to be a bathhouse. That then like became in the a early dance hall. Night. Yeah, and, and then, then and then a carnival. Yeah, but it's just like carnival things have just been slapped on. Like there'll be yeah. decorations and like big slides, but in the middle of this ballroom and, yeah. and stuff like that, it's very expansive and you don't know how any part connects to any other part. Yeah, it's so disjointed. Yeah. Like it's this modular little setup of like, when you get a big zoom out, you see like, yeah. there's like a castle proscenium out in the middle. Like it's not connected to anything. It's just yeah. a castle wall. And what like, was okay. obviously like the admission gates <laughs> yes, or something, exactly. but there's no actual gate. Yeah. The sense of scale is way the fuck off there's a slide that's like 40 times her height yeah that mattress slides down it yeah i'm yeah anyway i love it that's that's for me my favorite part of the movie is just her walking around the amusement park while an organ goes from atonal creepiness into (laughs) just kind of stop stop it Yeah, it's good. So Mary pokes around and she thinks that like, oh, if I'm in the space, if I confront this, then it can't hurt me anymore. I won't be yeah. scared of it. Which is like, good on her. Like that's Yeah, she's I actively No. She's not running away from it. She's like, this has to stop. Yeah. I'm going to find whoever this is. Because yeah. she kind of just thinks that he's following her. I don't think she thinks that there's yeah. anything weird or like oh, i mean obviously it's weird but not supernatural <laughs> about it or yeah. anything she hasn't gotten beyond the like there's a guy that's just like keeps popping up around keeps me. following yeah. me yeah so she comes back to town feeling settled you know she's investigated this thing there's no the man there do we have we have we skipped over this we you might be able to say yes or no the, the pools we get our first vision of the man in a pool yes who is submerged and he doesn't does he come out at this point? I think he comes out. He kind of he kind of lifts up his head a little yeah. bit, so his eyes are kind of poking out, and he's very like his eyes are just sunken and black and yeah. creepy looking. And, yeah, I think it's kind of implied like she kind of you know absentmindedly skips a rock while she's wandering around. Oh, that's and right. And the the rock lands in his pool. It's yeah. not clear where the pool is or yeah, but these were bathhouses, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes. So the implication is that he lives there or he's attached to it somehow. Yeah, it's this anchoring place of a kind, yeah. So back in reality land, Mary goes back to work. And early on in the movie, she had declined a uh, a reception in her honor from the minister, who was kind of like, "Mm, I guess we can skip it. You have to meet the the church. And she's like, I don't want to meet anybody here. (laughs) I just want to, like, come and do my job and be done. Yeah. So she uh, has gone to practicing the organ, and she starts just, like, riffing into a lot of the creepy music we've been hearing throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. It starts having these crazy visions of the pavilion, and... Uh, the stained glass starts taking on kind of the, the face of the man. Yeah, and yeah. she gets very, like, 
she stops and looks at her hands and is freaked out. Like, she clearly doesn't understand what she's playing. Yeah. And so she has this trance, like, state that she's in that gets interrupted by the minister who's like, this is it. I can take the, the canceling the reception, wanting to trespass on private property, but you play this music, uh, you get out of our... This is Satan yeah. music, yeah. <laughs> How dare you defile the house of God, yeah. apparently. It fires her on the spot, uh, yeah. just get out of our church forever, goodbye. Yeah. Uh, this is when Mary, like, for the first time, she admits that she's afraid of being alone, so she caves and goes on a date with John Lyndon. Yeah. This is literally, it took a supernatural force taking control of her body. And she's like, you know what? Maybe I should it's just worth... have someone around. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth talking to this man. <laughs> Which she doesn't even do. They no. go to a bar and it's just them sitting facing opposite directions at a table. And she looks fucking miserable. It sucks. <laughs> but uh, they return home. And uh, John tries to convince Mary to let him stay the night. But she walks away suddenly uninterested. Uh, and he, like, one, another favorite shot of mine, he, like, snuggles up to her neck, and it cuts to a mirror shot, and it's the man has taken yeah. uh, uh, John Linden's spot, and it's very, yeah. and she freaks out and screams, and that was one of the first shots that they did. Oh. Uh, which is, like, okay, she, yeah, that's pretty damn good if, like, you're coming into a set cold, and you're just like, okay, go into a crazy fit. Yeah. Seeing things no one else can see, and action. <laughs> Also, this has been happening to you for days on end yeah. now. And go. And she won't stop screaming and starts moving the furniture around. And John Lennon's like, you're crazy. This is I'm not worth Audi. it. I'm Audi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, then next day, Mary's like, I'm losing my marbles. Goes to see Dr. Samuels, who is not a psychiatrist. <laughs> uh, but uh, in, in the doctor's place is the man. And then... So she charges it out of there scared, and her car gets messed up, so she goes and stops in a mechanic and starts to have more visions of the pavilion and the man getting worse and worse and worse. Um, she tries to board a bus to leave. Uh, it's full of the ghouls. Just... Yeah, the people who she hasn't seen but that look exactly like the yeah. man, just like white pale faces and sunken eyes. And, yeah. and they all, they're very interested to see her. Yeah. They're... She gets on the bus and they all stand up and start moving towards her. Grabby hands. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she wakes up. Everything that she's been experiencing in town has been a nightmare as her car's been being worked on. Right. But she doesn't like it. Anyway, uh, so she goes back to the pavilion. Gotta see this thing finished. Gotta fix it. Um, when she arrives, she sees a version of herself dancing with the man, and this freaks her out again. Yeah, she's back in ballroom mode, and all the yeah. ghouls are dancing, and here's the man, and his partner is her. Yeah. She's watching herself. Yeah, very, very otherworldly, surreally shot, too. I like it. Lots of these. They all it's, fade in. The ballroom is so big and so empty, and there's like 20 couples, maybe? 10 couples? The, the scale on this thing is just fucking bizarre. Yeah. And like, they, they didn't do anything. Like, it's it's an abandoned building. Right. This building really exists, yeah. which is And crazy. it looks this abandoned. Like, this yeah. is just. They just walked in, like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> Quick, do it before the police come. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so she runs for it. She tries to escape. She runs onto the beach in the direction of where the man's pool was, which mm -hmm. I feel like is the first time she's crossed this barrier. Yeah, she's is... onto the she's onto like wet ground. And, yeah, yeah. So the ghouls chase her onto the beach. She collapses as they close in, and then you cut to the following day. We've got uh, Doctor Samuels, the minister, and the police go to the pavilion to look for Mary. She's disappeared. She ran off screaming from the mechanic, and yeah, the mechanic so was like, worried. um. Yep. For some reason, they're worried. 
they find her footprints in the sand, which end abruptly. They just stop. Yeah. Back in Kansas, they find the car in the lake, pull it out, and there is Mary's body in the front seat, dead along with two other women. Yeah. Organ music. Yeah. <laughs> so that's your rundown of Carnival of Souls. This is... I love it for such... It's just such an odd little thing. It's such yeah. a, a little gem of, like... The, the simplest, most t- easy Twilight Zone idea in the world, but it's done so... It's so nifty. Yeah, it's so like novelly does, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can totally see being like, oh, I found out about this building. We're going to make a movie that involves <laughs> this building somehow. I don't care how. Are you prepared to find a lot of your guesses on the history of this movie? Are you prepared to find that you're right on most of them? Are you going to validate the hell out of me I right am now? going to validate yes. the hell out of you. Yes. So, I will allow it. This is a very independent, very B-movie production. Like, you sure. watch this movie, you're like, I can't tell if the actors are bad on purpose, or if this is to enhance the surreal dreamlike quality of it. Sure. The answer is both. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <for> <laughs> sure it is. <laughs> for the vast majority of all the involved parties, I'm talking actors. Well, no, pretty much the actors. They, the, the actors were not professional but for everybody involved, this was the one and only narrative film they ever did. Oh, okay. Uh, a few of the actors like worked in a few other things. Candace Hillegas does one or two other B-movie horror things. Sure, I can see that. But this includes Herc and the writer John Clifford. This is the only narrative film they've done. So, but so saying that, we've watched a lot of movies by people who are like, "I'm going to do a movie." Yeah, and it's I garbage. have a dream yeah. and no skills. And this has this weird thing where like. It's not that it's good, it's just that it's so competently done. Like, the things are composited really surprisingly well for Mm -hmm. this movie. The movie was shot in two weeks. Like, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, and everybody else had full-time jobs, so, like, they're shooting at night because it's the only time that they can shoot. Like, Uh, that kind of thing. It has that energy. It sure does. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But the reason it's so competently done is because um, Herc Harvey, John Clifford, and all the actual crew worked in movies... Oh, they, okay. uh, it's just that they didn't work in narrative film. They worked in educational and industrial shorts. Oh my god! For that's the, the Centron weirdest... Corporation. <laughs> that is the weirdest genre. <laughs> right. So they they have the technical know how. They and they, they have know all how the to equipment. Produce a movie. That's why everything is lit really well and all the shots actually look quite nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's like it's a black and white movie and it has that depth of, of It doesn't look cheap. palette that Yeah, no, it yeah. does not. What? <laughs> okay. All right. Oh no, okay. No, that that does make sense to me like, okay, I know how all this stuff works. I know how to focus pull and I know how to like light things. Yeah. Let's yeah. make a fucking movie. So for anybody who watches Mystery Science Theater out there, anybody that this is oh, us, yeah. we we're, we enjoy the Mystery shorts. Science Theaters. Uh, Herc directed shorts like Shake Hands with Danger, no. Why Study the Industrial Arts, no, Halloween Safety, not. What About Juvenile Delinquency? What about Juvenile Delinquency is he the greatest thing on earth. Did like 60 odd of these. Oh, Jesus. He directed okay. ju- and then he helped out with like dozens off, off so like he's the guy that like from the mind that brought you shake hands with danger cardinal little souls i love you know we complain about like youtuber isn't a real job you could always make money oh just God. churning shit out yeah. that people were like oh neat i didn't know this niche thing yeah and that's amazing the way centron worked is they would they were like a huge corporation like they, yeah, made they still tons are of money. yeah 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 and like a student uh Back then, it would be like a school board contacts them and says, "Like we're having trouble with bullies. Can you do some um, short <laughs> Centron, about bullies?" Help us. 
you're a really hope. And they would make a short. And the thing that separated them from other educational institutes is that it wouldn't be like, look at this bullying that's happening. It's bad. Let's execute the child. No, like, let's, yeah. <laughs> nothing like that. Oh, they didn't, they didn't call for beheadings? It would be from the focal point of the bully and they would show what was driving the bully to be a bully. Oh, your home one life, of these. Your yeah. uh, other kid, like, that they feel insecure at school. So it's one of these things where you'd see, like, a scene of, of like, a kid getting bullied at school. And yeah. then the narrator would kick in and go, like, you, you may think that Tommy has no right to be treating Timmy this way. But let's take a closer look. What if Tommy didn't, you know, get yeah. an, a good breakfast that morning? What if Tommy's mother didn't fold his clothes and put them away? <laughs> like... What if he hasn't had good masculine bonding time yeah. with his father? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. And so, this movie is obviously different from the Centron movies. It's very different. Because, <laughs> like, Herc had been working at Centron since the 50s, so he's been there mm. quite a while. Okay. Uh, he was on, like, a sales call or, like, a, a vacation or something. Uh, and he's driving through, because uh, Centron is in Kansas. It's in, oh, oh, oh. That's okay. why okay. Some, a lot okay. of the exterior shots are there, because they were there. Uh, the idea came to Herc for this movie when he had to drive through Utah to get back to Kansas. Sure. And he saw the pavilion. <laughs> and he was like, okay, uh, the pavilion's name is Saltaire. And we'll talk about mm. that a little bit more later. I got lots of good Saltaire. I think I already, yeah, okay. Uh, and he, so quote from Herc, when I got back to Lawrence, Kansas, I asked my friend and co-worker at Centron Films, John Clifford, who was a writer there, if he'd like to write a feature movie. Uh, I told him the last scene had to be a whole bunch of ghouls dancing in a ballroom. The rest was all up to him. Uh, he turned in the first draft in three weeks and we started shooting. I love that it took longer to write this movie than it did to film it. Yep. By like half again. And they shot it, the way that they shot it was uh, John and Herc built up their vacation days and then took two weeks of vacation and spent their vacation shooting this movie. This is extremely independent filmmaker yeah. shit. I love it. That's how you do it. Aww. So a little bit from John Clifford uh, on how he wrote Mary Henry, because I love the character of Mary Henry in this. She is She's great. She's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It's very it's very rewarding to, like, she carries the hell out of this movie. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. Like, this could be an interminable movie to watch. Yes, she if she wasn't better. great. Yeah. yeah. Uh... So, quote from Clifford, I decided early on to give the heroine no real sympathy or understanding from any other character in the movie. Mm. So for the viewer, there's no real relief from her dilemma. There's no catharsis except what the viewer creates for themselves. Okay. So it's all, of, basically, he's saying, like, you have, you are forced to interpret what's happening. I'm not going to lay out the cathartic moments for you. Okay, so yeah. you really have to identify with her. Yeah, which I think... So much writing is like, oh, we have to make it relatable. We have to, like, draw the audience. Yeah. This is the opposite of, like... Yeah, we have to make it like, likable. Yeah. You figure it out. Yeah. You're, you're... You do it. Yeah. yeah well, I'm putting her on like... a pedestal. You figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> she's not, like, a, a, car a cutout character where you can tell what beats are going to happen next. Because yeah. of, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. And I also like that... Um, so, David Lynch loves this movie. Um, <laughs> and uh, Clifford's only other big claim to fame, other than Centron was that he was uh, composer Angelo Badalamenti's uh, songwriting partner in the 60s. What? So they, like, wrote songs for Della Reese and stuff. <laughs> I didn't know this about either of them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's really cute. Angelo Badalamenti being the um, the composer for Twin Peaks. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Adorable. Uh, and, yeah, buddy with David Lynch, which it's cute. It's pretty precious. <laughs> 
right. Uh, so, as you might imagine, the budget for this movie is pretty tiny. It was $33,000. Oh, okay. Which isn't nothing. It's like roughly 200 thousand today. They had to pay for film, right? Yeah, is that that's kind of the, the idea? Yeah. 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 Uh, but they raised $17,000 for the cash budget in three days, walking around uh, Lawrence, Kansas, and being like, hey, do you want to invest a movie? And, and people f- are so starved yeah. for, yeah. They got 500 bucks each from <laughs> 34 businesses. Oh, amazing. Okay. Or however the math works on that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just how they raised that. And good for them. There you go. See, this is why boomers tell you, like, just go down there in person. And, like, because <laughs> it worked for them. <laughs> the one time. It worked for Carnival of Souls. It'll work for you. <laughs> Your <laughs> Carnival of Souls is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, but. As you likely know, Herc Harvey didn't make any more movies. I don't know that, but I assumed that. Yeah. Oh, like any more movies? He went back to Centron okay, and just did right. shorts. Um, okay. And it's because the experience of getting the movie out was so disappointing that he was like, ah, oh, this oh. is not worth it. Oh. Which is a shame, because like, I feel bad. like he could have done some cool stuff. It would have been very interesting to see what he did next, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So the reason why that happened... Uh, they couldn't find a distributor because it's an independent American movie. That's tough. Sure. Yep. The only place that bit was a place called Hertz Lion. Uh, okay. They gave them a percentage of profit and no money up front, which isn't like that weird, but that's mm. kind of a shitty deal for... Who gave who that money? Like Hertz Lion uh, gave... Hertz Lion said, oh yes, we'll distribute this for you. You get no money up front. Like we won't pay you for I it. See. Okay. You'll just get a percentage of the profits once it's going. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they didn't buy it from them even really. They, the contract is like, yes, they did buy it from them, but for no money up front, only percentage later. Yeah, okay. Significantly, Harvey also found out that he and Clifford were contractually unable to stop Hertz Line from clipping no. segments of the movie. So for quite a long time, this movie was only 70 minutes long. The version oh. that everybody knows today is 85 minutes long. Yeah. So the... According, God, how do you cut out 15 minutes? Well, according, according to Clifford, uh, it was a hack job that nearly destroyed the, like, the mood that they were going for, the yeah. surreal mood. Um, as Clifford explained many years later, quote, the theatrical version was really chopped up. They cut out the beginnings of scenes and the endings of scenes, and the timing was just messed all to hell. Uh, Hertz Lion also failed to copyright the film. Oh, forgot. So it went into public domain the day it premiered. <laughs> Which <laughs> there you go, world. Wouldn't have been a big issue back then because you need the actual film in hand, but like, it's still public yeah, domain. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. So literally anyone who waltzes into the building can. Yep. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, so just the way scheduling worked, uh, um, Herc had to go to South America for some filming. Uh, and when he was coming back, he was like going to grab a check on the way back. Because it actually did pretty well at drive-ins as just like oh, sure. double build that. with other schlocky B-movie stuff. Yeah. Um, and it, was, it wasn't it was the draw. It was the opener for the headliner. Yeah, yeah. Um, sure. So it did, it did pretty okay. So Herc saw this and like, oh, great. I might actually get a little bit of money out of this and I might be able to go on and do some more movies. People like it. But he came back, uh, picked up his royalty royalty check, and uh, the check bounced when he <laughs> called Hertz Lion. Nobody answered the phone because they had closed. The president of Hertz Lion had taken all the money and fled to Europe. What? Yeah. What? What? <laughs> what do you mean all the money? They, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is that really your retirement plan? It wasn't just Carnival of Souls. They distributed other movies. Oh, but okay. the all person right. emptied the bank account, fled to Europe, and uh, Hertz Lion closed its doors. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay, that does... I was going to ask, like, what kind of distributing company knows enough to fuck the artist, but yeah. not to protect their own yeah. copyright? Oh. They don't give a, a shit. A shell. That's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus a Christ. money laundering operation. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. 
but eventually wow. in the 80s, Carnival of Souls had like went through the art house movie circuit. Yeah, yeah. People rediscovered it. And just before that time, Herc managed to buy back everything. Oh. Restore the footage. So like if yes. you have watched like the Criterion version of it, that's the fully restored version. Okay. With the exception of there was a full reel that got lost during no. production. That like it got lost as they were shooting. Yeah. It was to set up the ending. Like the when Mary Henry arrives back at the pavilion, there's another ten minutes of ghouls creeping up on her, basically, oh, and emerging okay. from the lake and like because okay. you walk ten in and they're minutes. all dancing. And it was to be like that she would see them moving in and be like, What the hell is that? and like slowly investigating. Oh, okay. okay. So it was setting up the scare. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's too bad. Man, I am not surprised that this went through the, like, rediscovery, like, art house scene because yeah. it checks all the boxes. It's, like, the only film from this guy. <laughs> it's not poorly made. No, not at all. It's got, like, the actress didn't do anything big again. One of the reels is missing. Like, it's got all these, like, intrigue bits that people fucking love about discovering these movies. Yeah, and it, like... Amazing. It did this fun pipeline that I feel like this happens for other movies where it was, like... Public domain, so channels picked it up to just play on TV, so yeah. they could put advertising into it, and that drummed up interest. Yeah. And, you uh, would have seen it on TV, like, wait a minute, yeah. I know this movie from, like, accidentally watching the channel it was on. Yeah, and, like, so Candace Hillegas didn't want to be an actor really anymore, mm. but she just, like, vaguely, like, you know, you read newspapers and whatever, and she related a story where she, like was reading the newspaper, wrote, like, lost movie found was the headline, and she <laughs> said that she read, like, the like six paragraphs and then they say the title of the movie she's like oh that's me that's my movie <laughs> oh wait a minute what the hell is going on and then they started doing art house circuits and like going to competitions and stuff like uh <laughs> not competitions uh film festivals film festival and, sure and stuff yeah <laughs> that's a real like seeing your teacher at the mall like you're not <laughs> expecting it and so when you realize what's what the title is like oh holy hell that's yeah me. So there's some exciting history on Carnival of Souls. Oh my god. Is there any reason why they put in the like the worst trip side effect from LSD victims? Oh. Like what what? Yeah, this is a thing of <laughs> like you try and trace it back to like did they do that referencing the LSD thing or did they just have limited resources and that's the best they could do for a scary shot like that? Yeah. And Okay, so they never said, like, we did it because this is the scariest thing in the world for people who were dosed No, with they no. did okay. it to be like, this is scary and unnerving as hell. Yeah. And then LSD people later, later like, said, like, that right. is the exact thing. Like, That's so People weird. point to this movie to say, like, this is the only expression of this that, that makes others feel what I feel like I'm feeling. Yeah, I feel it's, like. it's, a, it's an accurate expression of how terrified you feel. Yeah. That's so weird. Because yeah. I remember when we watched this movie for the first time, you it starts in such a like there's no sound sync so it from the get go you're like oh this is a shitty movie oh boy yeah <laughs> this is gonna be a long eighty minutes and that that that's that scene with the the man out the window I remember that being the first thing of like oh I actually have to pay oh, attention this on. is cool yeah <laughs> yes exactly it changes gears in that moment mm. where like we've seen so many movies where it's just people not reacting at the right rate because mm. the, the, you know, the scenes were stitched together wrong or, like, they had to re-record the dialogue because none of their... They didn't know how to operate sound yeah. equipment and so they had to, like, ADR everything. And 
it has all of those hallmarks for the first maybe 15, 20 minutes. And then that happens and you're like, oh, this is an amazingly done shot. I never, like I said, I just didn't think about how they accomplished that shot because it just looks like he lives in the glass. I don't know what to tell you. Like, you know what I mean? That is definitely where it shifts into like, oh, a movie. Yeah. I I mean, all the low budgety stuff like that of the lacking sounds, like that I feel like when you know the movie and return to it, it helps enhance all the like surreal dreamlike stuff so it kind of works in its favor a little bit but you kind of got to survive it the first time yeah (laughs) just get a power through i promise yeah Yeah, it's and i i totally like i forgive all of the the things that could be construed as like not well done Mm. for exactly that reason (laughs) of like it's just supposed to feel kind of wrong yeah and that is the thing that they get asked all the time like did you mean for it to be like this trippy or like yeah. we're what was the deal with the opening shot all that shit and they're like yeah i can't remember the exact quote but herx says something like we're very we we do industrial shorts everything you see on the screen is what we're trying to do oh it's and we're trying to do it, literally nothing more than that <laughs> well it works yeah yeah Okay, great. That's amazing. It uh, it is supposed to be like it's just off a little bit. Yeah, and like I know that when I learned that it was uh, that they were educational shorts makers, there's all these <laughs> shots that are just like so flat, and like you said, it sounds like a narrator talking to an audience. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. There's so many scenes that feel like that. You're like, what the hell is wrong with this movie? <laughs> <laughs> who talks like that in yeah. real life yeah definitely the like oh what's the doctor's name dr when, samuels dr samuels when she's like she's just had her freak out and she's sitting in his office he's just sitting at his at his desk and narrating to her basically yeah and just talking at her you've had an emotional shock like it's going to be natural for you to see things that aren't there or whatever fucking yeah. yeah it feels like a like ptsd and you yeah <laughs> what you can do about it <laughs> but the- I love that scene starts with the chair back to her and he turns around like, sorry, I just needed to turn my back to you for a moment. Yeah. And just, what the hell? Why? Who says that? All right. <laughs> I just wanted to get all this down. Just I odd. think that's to set up that next scene or the, the later absolutely scene in his is. office. But yeah. But it is just like when it happens, you're like, what? Why? <laughs> okay, dude. Yeah. So it I, sounds like I'm uh, like it's not very good, and I'm trying to make excuses. Yeah, but you're like giving it a participation yeah. trophy. <laughs> no, it is honestly way better than you th- than you'd think it is. So we revisit we revisited this movie for the first time since watching it initially. Yeah, so <laughs> you can just say we watched it a second time. <laughs> That's how you do it. <laughs> we revisited okay. it for the first time after our initial the first exploration. Revisit, the second visit. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you'd say it. Uh, Definitely. Do you feel like it, all of the all the elements, like the low budgetiness and all that, how do you feel like that affected your second viewing? Was it much more palatable? <laughs> it honestly didn't. It didn't feel like... It just felt like it had the same grammar as shitty B-movies. Yeah. Not that it was an actual badly done movie. I don't... Mm. I Like the, the, you know, quote-unquote low budget elements are just... It's not that they're trying to do too much for their budget. It's that they are working exactly with what their budget will give them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. they're they're not overreaching. They That's are shooting exactly what they need to shoot given the money they that's, the money that's and time cuz cuz yeah. that yes. was their exact thing of like yeah, we're not trying to do anything else than what's on the screen. Yeah. It's it that yeah, you put it very very well. It's just that but for their craft yes. as well. <laughs> it's economical. That's yeah. all. And so, yes, a lot of, like, actually bad B-movies are 
economical because they have no money mm. and so you can see the cheapness on screen but you can't it doesn't you're not looking at cheapness on screen yes yeah. like the worst i could say for this is that like if you watch the old prints they're a little muddy but like sure. that can enhance the mood like yeah, yeah. They get they had a couple of layers, and there's some continuity problems. Like the one that I got this time is early on when she arrives at the ha- the the boarding house. I think that she gets a cup of coffee right away, and sure. she pours herself a cup of coffee, and she has a like, "I'm here, cup of coffee," and yeah. she goes to drink the coffee. And in between her pouring the coffee and then the cut to the scene where she's drinking it, there's nothing in the cup. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they've obviously like yeah. But again, it just enhances the surreal weirdness of it. Of like, did it That's all really true. happen? Is it- I'm not surprised that David Lynch loves this. Yeah. It's just like, those things are inconsequential to your enjoyment of the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah, there's no, like, it doesn't feel like you're somebody's mom forced to go to the school play. Yeah. Like, yes. you can't see any boom mics and you can't, you know, <laughs> not that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would love to speak on one more topic on that, and this is the locations that they used for Ooh, stuff. yes. Because, like you would probably imagine, this was shot guerrilla style in that there's no permits, there's no, oh. there's no nothing. Like, they're, the most honest shots are, like, the organ factory. That sure. guy invested. So they were oh, like, oh, can nice, we shoot nice. here? And they're like, yeah, that's a real organ factory. I assumed it would have yep. to be, yes. <laughs> uh, a fun thing I learned from you about this, mm. about organs in general, is that you can see about what five to ten percent of the pipes that yeah, actually are part of the organ probably ten percent is about right i yeah. didn't know that the organs are icebergs <laughs> yeah they are like it's literally the building is the instrument yeah, yeah yeah when they say like oh i went to this you know i went to salt lake to install this organ you mean to build a building around this yes, organ yeah to put all That's these pipes together and hide them yes in <laughs> because the walls. if they're uncovered it is so loud like <laughs> unbelievably loud there's there is a like there's a first shot where sorry i'm digressing about oh, organs i just think this is so funny because it's not really something you see in movies no um i love a I phantom love of the opera and that's it right she's like she's a strong-willed independent organist who hates church yeah. like this is such a weird specific but you remember it by god <laughs> yeah she's that that establishing shot or whatever of her playing the organ you're like mm. oh this is what she does for a living it's comical how many pipes and parts and sections mm-hmm. and segments are around her because it's in the factory. She's playing this instrument that hasn't been installed. Yeah. And someone is trying to have a conversation <laughs> in the other, in another part of the building and there's no dialogue audible. Yeah. And so he has to be like, just a second and like go into the room where she's playing to be like, can you cut it out? <laughs> so loud. And like that organ that you see is like, there might be one or two modules that aren't part of the Attached. instrument, but that's pretty much the size an organ is. It's yeah. wild. For, for like a fully built out organ. There sure. are small organs too. But yeah. yeah. Not this puppy. Not this puppy. It's a big puppy. <laughs> uh, Clifford the big red organ. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm leaving that Next alone. <laughs> I will not. Yeah. So that's the a real organ factory in nice. Lawrence, Kansas. I just like that a lot as the son of an organist. Sure. Son of two organists. Yeah. And like I said, the whole thing is done in two weeks, so they are really just like, get through it, get through it, get through That's it. That's so funny to me that I, it feels like quick shoot before the mm-hmm. police realize we're here and come and get us. There are a few official shots that they did, the first being the bridge with the car sure. going over. I feel like you could not get away with no, that. No, you have to shut down traffic for that. But again, everybody's excited to be part of it, so they said, as long as you pay for the repairs, oh, do sure. whatever you want. <laughs> That's extremely funny to me because there's like... The car crashes through, like, two pieces of wood. Yeah. And then you see the the repaired bridge, and it's just, like, one piece of wood. <laughs> well, do you want to guess how much the repair bill was? 
$25. Ooh, too high. <laughs> How much was it? $12. <laughs> Literally half that much. That is about $100 uh, today, but that's I mean, still nothing. That's you go to Home Depot yeah, and you, you get... throw a piece of two by four and like, there you go. A single nail. <laughs> there you go, Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that's one of their uh, big operating expenses. <laughs> bridge repair. <laughs> Uh, the store that they shoot in that, that uh, Candace Elagos, like, becomes inaudible in. Oh, the department store, yeah. yeah. They didn't have any permits to shoot there. They just showed up and saw that there was really only the one salesperson, uh, and they went up to her and were like, hey. Do you want to be in a movie? Can I, uh, if I give you 25 bucks, will you just ignore everything we're doing? And she's like, yeah, 25 bucks, go for it. Oh, my God. Like, that's her weekly salary, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, true, true. <laughs> the sales girl. Yep. Gonna make that cash. So, yeah, they just did that. So, like, the store is open. <laughs> Oh, so, like, the yeah. shoppers that are around are, like, real shoppers. They could be. Okay. I think that they tried to do it where none of the real people were in there. But, like, if you see far-off extras, yeah, that's just somebody buying a dress. Like, <laughs> and the big one is Saltaire. The history of this place okay, is tell me about so Saltaire. funny to me. <laughs> so, this was a resort that was built. Sure. It was on the boardwalk. It was in the lake. It was supposed to be this big... Come to do, come to do, like swim in the salt lake, like that right, kind like of thing. Right, like therapeutic waters or whatever, yeah. like that kind of thing. When it was built, it was built to be like, we're going to be the Coney Island of the Midwest. That's, <laughs> okay. like, it will be that fun and interesting. <laughs> it will be that fun. <laughs> so it had two reasons. It was to exist for that. And because when it was built in 1893, oh God. people made fun of Mormons a lot. They weren't viewed in a great light. They were light. very annoying at the time. They were very disruptive. Yeah, it wasn't right? that people like, were like, oh no, Mormons are bad. It was just like, what the hell oh are they God, doing you out guys. there? <laughs> and they were always like infighting and stuff, right? Yeah. They were always like splintering off to start their own towns and stuff and really <laughs> fucking up the local economy. Yeah, so it existed to be not only the Coney Island of the Midwest, but to be like, look at how nice the Mormon lifestyle is. Oh, it was built by Mormons. In partnership with Mormons. Okay. So like the Church of Latter-day Saints was like a part of it. Uh, that makes it so much spookier somehow. <laughs> I don't. There are some weird ghosts in that place. Bad juju, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm just realizing that Salt Lake is where is that where yep. Salt Lake City is? Yeah, you literally is. never considered that before. They're not right. like next to each like the city's not built on the lake or sure, anything. Sure. But it's it's like a the equivalent of like a suburb around these parts where okay. it would be like oh it's just nearby it's a short drive. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was. <laughs> To be billed as as fun as Coney Island and to purport the wholesome value of Mormonism. No, so, those are opposite things. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Every comment I could find on it was like, but that's impossible. <laughs> those aren't real things uh, you can have together. So, like I said, built in 1893 over the Great Salt Lake between the Church of Latter-day Saints and the local railway that wanted to, like, drum up oh, ticket sure, sales sure, to sure. come out and all that. So, like... The railway goes right by it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then uh, eventually, I feel like this is kind of like Bates Motel language of like, then the, oh. the main highway got moved yeah. and the main railway got moved and then the entire place burnt down in 1906. Oh, Christ. Okay. Or 1925. I'm sorry. 1925, it burned down. Uh, the, the cruel irony of a, a lakeside resort burning to the ground. 
And like how this isn't a like some of the things were burned. It was leveled. Oh, like Nothing like was the left. prairie was. Yeah. The only there's a bit of video footage of it burning, and that's oh. the like the only existing footage really of it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so they rebuilt it in 1926, and that's the Saltera we see in today's movie. Okay. Uh, but the, they rebuilt it, and like the architecture is so weird. Like it's not it's not really Mormon design. It's not really Russian design. No. It's kind of both of those. Yeah. 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 I couldn't describe it if I tried, but it is. it does look like someone tried to make an amusement park designed after some kind of European castle. Yeah. It's so weird. So odd. I love how specifically weird it is. Also, but, 1926 is an interesting time to invest in a disposable yes. income generator. Okay. It was the largest indoor dance hall in the world. Oh, my when they God. It, capable of fitting two full orchestras and 2,000 couples actively dancing. Jesus so okay. it isn't, we were already talking about it. It's this weird cavernous space. Yeah, it was bonkers huge. In the world. It remained the biggest one for like decades and decades and decades. And I think like Chicago had a place that got bigger than it or something. Okay. <laughs> so 1926, we have Saltaire 2, a second version of the building. <laughs> Uh, built literally on top of the rubble, um, and like you guessed, it was good energy. It opened at the beginning of 1927, no. just in time <laughs> the Great Depression. Uh, womp, womp. They transformed it into a weird movie house, kind of, because it was the only way they could get people to come out. Movies did hang on for quite a while, yeah. as like you could just run them. You just invested Endlessly. once, and you had a yeah. yeah pay 10 okay. cents to come in like yeah it would cover costs like that's what you sure. yeah and then in 1931 another fire struck <laughs> someone and is doing this right in the 1926 version that's when they built the carnival stuff okay. and that's what takes the brunt of this fire that's why there's all these little weird artifacts spaced oh, out oddly because okay. everything in between burned down you're right, the gate, the weird castle gate yeah. thing, that was the admission I knew place, it. Yeah. and chunks of it burned down and they had to, like, for safety reasons, tear it down. But the, all that's left was, like, just not touched by the fire. So it's so these, spooky. Yeah, these weird little artifacts. All right. Uh, yeah, it's great. So that's 1931. And then in 1933, they start rebuilding. Another fire struck. So there's so artifacts on artifacts. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Nothing matches. Everything yeah. that's been pushed together is not part of the original, like, <laughs> but didn't the, go together. The Saltair building itself is safe. It okay. hasn't, that's why it still looks intact. Okay. Yeah. Then the lake recedes. <laughs> this is so, a calamity at yeah, this point, this right? Like, like, they the, are being tested by God. The, like, this is, is, they're building it on top of a hellmouth of some kind yes! that's trying to get out, but it yes! can't because keep plugging it up with Saltairs. <laughs> <laughs> I keep plugging it up with carnival stuff. But... <laughs> Back you look home. at old pictures, and the water level is, like, right up to the boardwalk. Oh, shit. Yeah, like... Oh, because you can, like... It looks like it's on stilts yeah, in the movie. That's just how Those they built it, because that's how deep the lake was. I see. And the lake Ooh, recedes. Which gets spooky. spooky layer. Ah, and it's got that real, like crusted over you know when when there's a drought and yeah. a lake dries up yeah it's very very odd and like there's when she looks out into the lake there's like weird like burned up trees and stuff that are just like yeah. flotsam and jetsam that was under the lake that uh. hasn't exactly decomposed it's completely. just yeah. all exposed now. yeah so it's like yeah becoming weirdly petrified yeah, yeah. it's good shit creepy as hell uh so in that state that i've described receded like several fires <laughs> uh that's how herc rents it out 
Okay. He pays for it. It's the one place that they like paid for a location because this is the focal point of the thing. Who did they pay? They paid, I would guess this is like the municipality of Okay. Salt, Salt Lake, Lake City. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, they pay for three weeks because they need the extra time to get in and get out. 50 bucks. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Which is like $300. <laughs> For three weeks. For three weeks. That's how desperate they are to get this place okay, used up. Sure. And like, they didn't do any set dressing. That's just what it looks like. The like well, destroyed it, dance yeah. floor with the detritus yeah, everywhere. Yeah, there's it just ribbons looks like that. on the floor. Like it yeah. looks like they just had a party the night before, but also the paint is all peeling and cracked. Yeah, it was Weird. abandoned for long enough that when they set up, the lights that they had for shooting, like they're shooting short education films. They're not lighting a 2000 yeah. capacity dance hall. No so one they, can. They just went like, does the building still have power? And tried it and like, oh, the lights work. Oh shit, that's so weird. It's very spooky. And the police came because people called <laughs> to be like, somebody's raiding the old salt hair. It's haunted! <laughs> I mean, it is, but. Uh, huh. So that's 1961, 62 that they shoot. I guess sure. it'd be 62, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then in 1970, it burned to the ground again. Jesus God. <laughs> like, again, to the ground. Nothing survives. Oh, so it, oh, okay. Uh, All right. And then in 1983, they rebuilt the whole thing. No, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> but they, they had a considered approach. They're like, okay, 1983, we're re- just rebuilding the pavilion. We're not doing any of this carnival shit. Uh, we're going to build it out of an old salvaged aircraft hangar. There is no way that's burning down. That will never burn down. And they were right. It never burned down. But the next year, the Great Salt Lake unreceded. Oh my fucking God. And absorbed the building in an immense thunderstorm that flooded it. (laughs) The building was like swallowed by the lake. I, I... And it started to recede again, and the flooding came out in the 80s, and, like, the building still survives, and it's used as a concert venue today. (laughs) For now, that is the most insane Uh, sequence. I, I, that building shouldn't exist, right? No, like, you take, that, that is, yeah, that's the center of a calamity. That is somehow, like, you're here about the the hurricane coast. This is... The <laughs> this is just this is the Bermuda Triangle of architecture. Yeah. Like it just isn't meant to be. <laughs> How do you have fires and floods destroying the city? I mean, yeah. It's, now we have that, but like, that's because we fucked the planet. But like, if you're doing some Mormon propaganda, get in there and be like, "Look, yes, plagues. <laughs> yes." Oh, this is the Mormons. <laughs> Some guy with like a thunder sheet being like, oh, it's getting absorbed <laughs> oh, again. Too oh, no. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's. So now you know why I was very excited to tell you about uh, Saltaire. That even feels like a word you shouldn't say. Like if you say it three times, you summon something. Yeah, it's this great simple thing of it's just the words salt and air because it's. Oh, I it's, thought it meant like salt earth. Like, cell tear. No, it's just S-A-L-T-A-I-R. Oh, that's literally salt air. Well, that's stupid. Because you go swimming in the salt lake. They call it, come experience the salt air. All right. Oh. (laughs) It's 
not creative at uh, all. All right. Everything about that place is amazing to me. Would you go there? Would you like? Oh, for sure. Would you? Yeah. You wouldn't be afraid of like definitely bringing something home with you from that fucking cursed building. No, I think I would be all right with it. I those types of right. abstract scaries, I feel like I'm too dumb to pick up on the extra layers. Where like, if I came <laughs> home and like, oh no, a pot fell off without me realizing, I'd just be like, no, nah, cat knocked something over. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> would you go there? You don't seem uh, convinced. <laughs> I don't think of myself as a superstitious person, but that's a lot of things to happen mm. in one spot <laughs> forever. All bad. Nothing yeah, good. Nothing good happened there. No. The best you could say is like maybe some Mormon couples met. I guess. <laughs> Someone out there might be alive because of Saltair. <laughs> well, that's the Antichrist. That's who that is, if that's the case. I Well, another movie idea. There we the go. The Christ, I don't... Oh, uh, they probably got one. I don't know much about Mormonism. There's a, a, a unicorn? or I don't fucking know. Um, All I know are the plates. I know the, the plates. Plates, plates yeah. are big. Yeah. Big on cutlery. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So I've gone on way too wow. long about this movie, but I just wanted to... No, I'm how could I glad not? that you said every word of that. <laughs> oh. Wow. Yeah. I don't know what to say about that. I just... is cursed, obviously haunted... Good for them for getting in and out while the getting like, was good. They built it in such a way that it looks cursed before anything yeah. bad happens. Oh, you couldn't pick a more cursed location just on the face of it, yeah. let alone the history. Like, you look out, it's a void. Like, the way that they shot it maybe has, has yeah. a lot to, like, help that feeling. But, my God, like, there's just... <laughs> You just look out, there's nothing on the horizon. And I mean nothing. Yeah. Like, I come from the prairies, and this is weird to look at. <laughs> there's nothing. It's just this ominous... There's nothing, but somehow the building is always backlit. Yeah. So you can't quite make out what it is. It just it just looms. Yes. I, how does a squat building at, yeah. the, like, the lowest land point loom? Yes, in a lake <laughs> that's collapsed for some reason. It's, like, one of the most lifeless places... Yes, it looks like a different world. Yeah. yeah, which is exactly why he wanted to film the movie there. Oh, there you go. Yeah. All right. Herc was right. Way to go, Herc. <laughs> I've Yikes. got the opening song from Hercules, the Disney Hercules in my head now. Good. You should end all of our, we should, that's what's the effect yeah, of all of our episodes. Weirdly be. apocryphal and stinger on this episode of Zero to Hero and No Time Flat. Oh no, Disney will sue us. We can't do that. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for mentioning it, Disney. Yeah. So cool. uh, what are, I've, this is all my like fun, exciting research on the topic, but what, what are your wrapping up thoughts on Carnival of Souls? I think that it it's such there's so much left unstated. It's almost all unstated, mm. really, but, like, it's such a perfect representation of someone, like, something is happening to them that they don't understand. Yeah. But you know exactly what's happening. Mm. Mary has no way of understanding what's happening, but the way everything is shot and just the, the very specific and small things that you do know for sure, mm. a man is following her, and she's suddenly unable to interact with the real world quote unquote yeah. is just very like you know how the movie's gonna end you don't exactly but, but it, you know what's happening as soon as it happening. comes yeah you're like of course naturally yeah. yes yeah so it's just, it's such a great like when you see that final shot you're like yeah <laughs> yeah there it is she yeah. was dead the whole time or whatever um, <laughs> or whatever <laughs> or whatever um yeah, so it's 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 so effective. They really know what to knew what to do with their money, and it just makes such a good horror movie. I feel like just what you're saying there put me in mind of like the way that there's a lot of 
the way that scenes are cut together, like yeah. this, the spots where Mary Henry's looking out the window and then it cuts to Saltaire, like the slow zoom, all of those like lingering yeah. moody shots, so good. I can't believe, I, that's almost surely what they cut out for the theatrical version, Yeah, right? I am sure, because that some sucks. dumbass distributor executive we know it like, exists. this we is going need... too long. Yeah, I'm sick of looking at things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it just makes a really effective, like, the the acceleration of bad things happening to her mm. is so perfect and it doesn't feel like overdone or like she kind of breaks emotionally at the exact right point yeah. and yeah no it's it's it very very effective mm. i love it yeah that's great man <laughs> yep what about you well i feel like i've i've got on long ab- about it at this point but like the the dream like surrealness of it that's that's just what i take away like sure when we rewatched it just now, going into it is like I'm amazed at how little I remember of like the scenes where people interact, the yeah, scenes sure. where, like, where the plot moves forward, and all I really remembered were the like staring out the window at Saltaire and like sure. seeing the ghouls <laughs> rise out of the water and her wandering around the carnival. Like, Definitely remember all that. of that's that's why I wanted to revisit it. Was just like I want to see all of that again. Yeah. The the questionable acting choices almost derail that for me because it like it feels like popping a balloon or it's just like oh god I'm being like shot back into people talking to each right. other. <laughs> yeah. um, that that breaks up the, that moody shit. But I just I absolutely love all of that that mood that's what the movie is about for me like, yeah oh it's the vibes are immaculate for it this feels movie. like oh is this purgatory is this limbo is any of this real is it just real to her as she's dying like all the yeah. stuff i'm just like none of it matters it's about a mo- woman walking around and yeah. it's spooky she doesn't get it <laughs> yeah it doesn't matter but yeah. it's just great to watch and mary henry as a character is just all the specifics are so odd to choose to me that I love it But it so just much. feels so grounded. It doesn't feel yeah. like they plucked a person out of thin air. It's like, what weird fucking... Th- oh, she's a church organist. There you go. That's your unusual... She's a church organist, and she doesn't and care she hates about church. church. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> doesn't care for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good shit. It feels very grounded in this, like, weird way. Yeah. Yeah. So on that note, how about we double bill this bad boy, which is a tight 80 minutes, 85 minutes, so very easy to watch in the second yes, movie. Yes, actually. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we're going to join this with a second movie, and if we happen to think of a marquee title, we'll, uh, we'll throw that on there. Sure. I did, but now that I think of it, I think I might have used this already. Yeah, oh, no. I think I did. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> so take us away on okay. Double Bill Land. Well, the thing that I like about this movie is the feeling of, of like, the way that they shot her kind of slipping in and out of the real world. Mm, you know, suddenly yeah. people can't hear her. And just the the increasing breaches in hmm. reality that she's experiencing. Hmm. And how they're, yeah, they're breaches in reality and none of this would ever happen to you in real life. But the effect, the emotional effect that it has on her is very much something that could happen to you, like, outside of the spooky stuff. Like, mm. no one believes her and she's kind of right. invisible, literally. <laughs> but then, you know... The, the sleazy guy at the boarding house is just always there and won't listen to what she's saying. She turns him down probably 12 or 13 times in this yeah. movie in varying ways. Like, And he'll just, in the same conversation, he'll be like, okay, so you don't want to go to dinner. What if we go to a movie? What if we go dancing? Like, what if we get a drink? Yeah. yeah. And so just not being heard at all and mm. like 
you have to kind of keep cool about it and not, you know, yeah, just the, the things, the emotional effect that the supernatural stuff is having on her is mm. stuff that could happen to you in real life. Yeah. Someone's following her and like, she doesn't understand what's happening. She didn't initiate this. It's just, you know, so this is rambling a bit, but <laughs> here's what I'm going to pair with it is Get Out 2017 oh. by Jordan Peele, famously, because it feels a lot like, oh, these are normal things on the surface. Right. And there is a supernatural element, but even if there were not, these the are- The problem is still kind of there? Yeah, yeah. These are discomforts and threats and things that you would face in real life yeah. as these characters, right? Yeah. Like Chris is going in, get out- I'm sure everyone in the world has seen this movie, but just in case you haven't, Chris, the protagonist, goes with his girlfriend to, like, meet her parents. And her family is white and he's black. And there's the usual, like, oh, there's a a black guy here. Yeah, I don't vote for Obama third term (laughs) that has now been ground into the ground. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And just, like, oh, the things that, that were uncomfortable or off-putting are actually sinister and supernatural. They don't have to be sinister or supernatural in order to be harmful. Yeah, they're still bad. They're still harmful. (laughs) And in Carnival of Souls, she's, she's running around like she's just trying to enjoy her work and not invest emotionally. Mm. A perfectly reasonable... You ever had a nine to five job? To have, yeah. yeah. But everyone is just shocked that she isn't doing the emotional labor of like, I love it here. And I just, Mm. I'm, I just love to play the organ for you all and like get part of the church community. These aren't exactly equivalent, but like the sense of, of not feeling safe is, turns out to be supernaturally based. Yes. Someone, a ghost is stalking (laughs) her to like take her into the afterlife and yeah. like yes his girlfriend's family is trying to like harvest him yeah. um these are just externalizing the the threats that both of these characters would feel in in these yeah. situations they turn out to be supernatural but these are easily things that you could feel like someone is following me like as as a woman to be like oh someone God. is following me i can't do anything about it because and it's no not illegal yeah. yeah no one believes me or they tell me that i'm overstating it or like overreacting and just the idea and both of them have this very like suddenly just based on nothing in particular but there is there is a trigger that will slip you into this other plane of existence get out has the sunken place which is obviously like someone is doing that to him Mm -hmm. someone is not necessarily doing it to her in Mm -hmm. carnival of souls but it's all very based on like just small things in the environment and it keeps getting worse and worse and eventually you will never be able to get out. Yeah. Ha! Ah! 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 <laughs> that was an accident. Ah! But... It's scary. <laughs> so I'm going to call this one um, Behind the Veil. You have used that one before. I can't I remember this. It was, for, it was for King Kong. Because King Kong <laughs> comes out from behind the, oh, the wall. <laughs> yeah. God, I, I, there's just got to be a better title or a but yeah it's about these people like sinking into what is just an externalized version of a danger yeah i like that a lot because i will not be able to pull this person's name uh in a lot of the interviews i was reading uh and listening to uh she was she's an author that's all i can remember okay oh that's gonna bug me that i can't remember her name but she was saying that like an interpret you could put this interpretation on a carnival of souls which is Mm. everything that you're seeing in the movie after the car wreck 
is Mary Henry's subconscious going through stuff as she's sure. dying. Yeah, totally. And what she's going through is the remembrance of every man she's met being like, I have to take care of you. Oh, you can't do this I'm on your own. I'm going to put a blanket on to you because you're in shock. I'm going to tell you that you have to love church. I'm going to tell, like, trying to force her into doing things that she doesn't believe or want. Right. And it's her her dying brain's remembrance of, like, this is what men are. Yeah, is, it was it was a guy yeah. fucking challenging these women to a drag race because he needed to show <laughs> off that, like, murdered all three of them. Yeah, yeah, good yep. shit. Yeah, so there you go. I've got, I'm sure I'll come up with a, a better title, like, in four hours. But, yeah. You so can just that's... insert it here. Yeah. <laughs> good title here. Thank you, perfect. No I'm going to keep that, actually. <laughs> good. <laughs> what about you, Nick? What's well, your double Well, me, bill? like I said, the thing that I... The two main things that I keep from this movie, mm-hmm. and this is going to be so superficial compared to your double bill, uh, <laughs> is that is just, I keep mentioning she's a strong-willed organist who, who is just, like, mm-hmm. showing up to work and all this. Sure, yeah. I really love that character. Yeah. And just vibing, walking through a carnival. is <laughs> sure. Those are the big things that I... That feel, you remember yeah. from the movie. And, like, tied into that are the same general ideas of, like, she there's a threat coming towards her that she can't quite put her finger on. Yeah. And that, like, if she tries to describe it to somebody, it doesn't sound like a threat or it doesn't sound real, yeah. all that kind of stuff. There's a guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's some kind of man. <laughs> some kind of that man. <laughs> some kind of the man. No, you're the man, Candace. <laughs> um, so I'm pairing this with, and this is a real big... It's relatively arty. Okay. Um, uh, 1977's Suspiria. Ooh. Yeah. A great one. Because, in the Pantheon. Yeah. The, I will, won't won't lie. Part of the reason I'm sure I'm billing this with this is that I just want to watch Suspiria. Um, <laughs> again. It's a totally legit reason. The, the, the things that wanted me to tie this together are like Suspiria, you also have the odd specific that like it's not that odd now because we've had like Black Swan and all that but like Red Shoes and Suspiria are the only earlier ballet movies <laughs> yeah. I can think of yeah so we have protagonist who is working in the arts and a trying... very specific arts job and it's not that she's like boo authority but she's just like no I want to do like I know what I'm doing yeah let me do my thing I'm gonna blaze a trail or yeah. whatever yeah and so she's in this art school and it's creepy there and mm-hmm. everything is kind of even the things that are literally happening don't necessarily feel like they're literal. You're like, I can't tell if this is yes. surreal filmmaking or if this is what this character is seeing and representative of reality. And yeah. 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 That's totally fair. And both both environments are very like they invite weirdness, mm-hmm. like ballet school or old church. Ballet school. Yeah. Yes, like old school ballet. Yeah, they're they're just this very like time passes differently, people <laughs> behave differently. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. The thing that just watching Carnival Souls, I'm just picturing Jessica Harper walking through the spooky sure. very well lit uh <laughs> uh dance academy. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, so definitely. I wanna I wanna put those together. They also have very singular soundtracks. <laughs> yes, they do. Organ and Goblin. Goblin. The band Goblin, that's right. The I was like, there's very Goblin. something very specific and almost off-brand about Suspiria. <laughs> that's what it is. Not not off-brand at all, as it turns out. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. That's, that's my Just pairing. ladies trying to fight off weird supernatural shit that they that can't define. 
until the very end, you have no real placing of why things are off. Yes, yeah. the whole movie up until then could be interpreted as, as she's losing her shit. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Under the pressure or whatever. Yeah. And I'm I, I'm struggling for a title because I know there's a good one in here somewhere. <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to call it Vibe Walk. Vibe Walk. Vibe Walk with me. There we go. Oh, yes. Tying it back. That's what's known as a callback. <laughs> Yay. Yay. We did it. <laughs> Vibe Walk with we me. We did it. I will share in this victory with you. <laughs> Yay! Well, Yay. that's uh, that's our episode on Carnival of Souls. Mm-hmm. A movie Highly that... recommend all all movies. Yes, absolutely. Contained. It's the Carnival of Souls is one of those that like I watched it initially because I was like, this is a thing that comes up. I like B movies. I'll throw it on. I'll check this off the list. But yeah, it's just it's a really great eighty minutes to watch a spooky organist. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> In case that's your bag. Yep. We got you. Very much my bag. Uh, <laughs> So uh, you can find us at GarbagePod on Twitter and Instagram. That's G-A-R-T-B-A-G-E pod. We are very friendly on there. Please say hi. <laughs> we hope. Uh, if you haven't seen Carnival of Souls or if you just watched it for the first time, let us know what you think. Even yeah. if you're like, this movie sucks. <laughs> because that's certainly what people at the time thought. So it's not a bad opinion. <laughs> <laughs> there are no wrong opinions. Yeah. Aaron, where can people find you online? <laughs> where can people find me <laughs> at Macklebase on twitter if you want m-a-c-l-e-b-a-s-s uh, and you can find me at dick r navis d-i-c-k-r navis just making it harder each time uh <laughs> you're pl- invisible online <laughs> <laughs> uh please rate and review us on the podcast platform of your choice yes please help more people find the show and uh spooky month will continue next week mm-hmm. i hope you'll join us then <laughs> I hope you'll join us next time for another pile of garbage. <laughs> <laughs>